while we were traveling up in um, Michigan and in Indiana, uh, a very good friend of mine I've known since 1979 gave me a couple of books. Uh, one is on Shams Tabriz, who was the spiritual teacher for Rumi. In the last 20 years, they've found a number of of um, materials uh, about his teachings that they thought were lost. They really didn't have much of anything about anything he said or anything he wrote uh, until um, wherever they found them came across these these books and have been busily translating them over the last 20 years, along with a lot of the writings of Rumi. And uh, so a lot of the books that we're getting today are from the same library or collection as well as as the uh, ones from Shams. And uh, this morning I read something that really kind of sparked something. And this is uh, Shams talking to his disciples and to the disciples of Rumi. I should talk to them just using superficial knowledge in Arabic. And when he refers to Arabic, he means uh, to the people that were considered knowledgeable, mental, educated, they all spoke and read Arabic. And so that's why he says knowledgeable and Arabic. It is a pity to talk about my knowledge to them. How could one involve oneself with them, with this knowledge? One must keep them busy with that, their own knowledge, because they are not worthy of the other. Everyone seeks the benefit of knowledge, but you seek right action so you can receive benefit from the beloved. That is the kernel, and the other is the shell. And really, that's what this is about here. This is what we're doing. We're not talking about the knowledge of the world and how to make this world work and to figure things out mentally, to understand through the mind. We're sharing here a knowing, not the knowledge, but a knowing of the truth, the knowing of the spirit, the knowing of that inner beingness of you. And in order to do that, we really have to let go of the mind. We really have to rise above it, let go of it, not give so much attention to the mind, to that place where knowledge is so important and knowledge is the focus. Because if we focus on the mind and we pursue things through the mind, we're going to have a very different experience and it's all going to be experience about the world, about the outer, about the material, physical worlds. But if we go after knowing and true experience, we then are going to rise above the mind. And that's what meditation is about. Meditation is focusing above the mind. It's focusing at the seat of the soul and beyond. And that is above the mind, above the knowledge, above the information or physical experience that we see so much around us and seems to be so important in the world. And we need that information. We need the knowledge 
to survive in these physical bodies while we're here. But we are on a search, a great quest of knowing ourselves, knowing the truth of who we are, knowing the truth of who God is, knowing the truth. And in order to do that, we have to rise above the mind in order to truly enter into those realms where that knowing can be experienced and that knowing can begin to be lived within us on a daily basis. And that's why meditation is so important because it's through meditation, it's through meditation that we begin to rise above the mind and access those areas in the realms of soul and spirit, in those places where the knowing reside. And the thing is, you already know it. You have the knowing. The soul has been present and aware in God, in loving, and in all that is to be known. The soul already has that information. It has that awareness. It has those experiences. What we're attempting to do while we're in the physical body in the action of meditation is wake up. Wake up to the truth that already is. Wake up to the knowing that already is. Wake up and begin to live that which already is inside of us. We're not going to gain greater information, greater understanding, greater experience because we meditate. What we're doing in meditation is we are waking up and once again realizing on all levels of consciousness, including even the physical, the knowledge, the knowing, the experience, the meaning of life on all levels of creation and how to put all that into action in an action of alignment with the beloved, with the loving, with the truth, with the knowing. When we begin to bring ourselves into that alignment, then we truly begin to live the truth of who we really are. We are soul. We are of spirit. We are created by God to have experience in God's creation. If we can begin to rise up above the limitations that the mind has put upon us, us the soul, if we can rise above those limitations and begin to wake up and know the truth of who we really are as divine, as a child of God, as an action of loving, then we do begin to find life to be simple, filled with grace and ease. And we begin to let go of a lot of the things in the world that the world has made so important and made the focus of attention. And all that focus of attention is out. It's outside of us. But as we begin to come into a greater alignment with the truth inside of us, we find that a lot of those things drop away that are in the world. Our attention no longer is so attracted into the world, but rather we begin to live more in that stillness and in that quiet and in that loving 
that is us, the soul. And we begin to let go of the world to some extent. As long as we're in the body, we've got to participate in the world. (laughs) Even a monk who lives in a hermitage and closes himself in his cell so he's removed from the world totally, never sees anyone, never speaks to anyone, (coughs) never deals with the outside world, that monk, that hermit is still attached to the world because they have to look to somebody for food and for water. Without that other person outside that cell, they couldn't survive. And they know it. That's their attachment to the world. We all will have it as long as we have a body in some form, in some shape. The key is, is how important do you make the outer? And how important do you make the inner? The inner is everything. The inner knowing, the inner experience, the inner truth is everything. And it's the only thing. There is nothing that exists except for that. The illusion that this world puts out for us to follow after is nothing but an illusion. It's not real. It's a reflection. It's an illusion. It's a fantasy. And the more we can spend time in meditation, and the more we can begin to wake up and know the inner truth, the real truth, the easier it is to not put so much value on the outer. Most people in the world today, they value the outer and they don't have a lot of value of of the experience of the inner. But if you spend time every day in meditation, you're going to begin to know the difference. You're going to begin to experience that movement of the loving inside. You're going to begin to come into that divine knowing. And it's divine. To live in that knowing is to live in the divinity, is to live in the loving, is to live in the truth of who we are as soul as God. You know, I have a saying that I've said over and over and over. You're responsible for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. This inner life, this inner knowing is really about action. It's really about action. Just as Sham says, we have to take the action. We have to sit down every day, close our eyes, go inside, and wake up, pay attention, have experience of some kind inside. Sometimes those experiences 
are going to be very still and very quiet, very subtle. At other times, those experiences can be very full and very dramatic and very expressive in their nature. And it's for us to go in and have all the experience that's there for us. But to have that experience and to come into the greater knowing, we have to give it attention. We have to give it action. It's very easy to do the way of the world. And the way of the world really is very passive. It's not active. It's a very passive existence. We just kind of float from one thing to another. We do our routine. We don't give it a lot of thought. We get into the rut and we just live it. But one who's walking the inner pathway and living the inner journey, it really is different because it's for us to pay attention to every thought and every feeling, every action and every reaction, and to take action at all. And not let any of those things run us, but rather we be in charge. That we, the soul, take dominion over our thoughts and our feelings. We, the soul, take dominion over our actions and our reactions. That's taking action in our life. So that we can truly be awake to the truth of the beloved inside of us. And to live that every day. You're longing for something. There's a part of you inside that is crying out for something. Pay attention. Pay attention and give action to that. Because that cry, that longing, is the soul longing for the loving that is there for it if it will only give it attention that loving that God has for you, the soul, and the loving that is your soul that is wanting to love the Lord directly and to live in that movement of loving daily. That's where fulfillment is. That's where peace is. That's where joy is. And that's where the tools are that if you access them, you can live in the world of spirit, and the world of the physical in balance and harmony and move through both with grace and ease and simplicity and awareness and knowing and loving. But it takes paying attention. It's so easy to lose sight, to get caught up in the tensions and the fears of the day. It's so easy to do. You turn on the news, and all this year you're hearing about, well, this is 2012. We're moving towards the end of days. And there's a lot of people trying to make it happen just in case it isn't going to. (laughs) The key is don't get caught up in that. Don't play the game the world wants us to play. Live in fear one more time. We did it a thousand years ago. We did it at the year 2000. We're doing it again. We're ever living at the end of time. 
There's always somebody promoting it, believing it, and wanting you to join in, if you will. Live your life to the fullest right now, and don't worry about when the end of time comes. That's what the Lord of time is taking care of for you. If you do your meditation, you don't live in time. You live in the timeless. You live in the present moment. There is no time there. There is just God. There is just loving. There is just now. It's ever the eternal moment. It is only in these realms that you find this timeline that we are so caught up in and that we're ever struggling against. If we could only stop the clock, if we could only stay younger, if we could only whatever we want with the time. Let time in this world do what it's going to do and don't get caught up in the process of it. Allow yourself to step aside from it for a moment and begin to witness something timeless in your own true nature. And then you can put this world into perspective and it will work for you much, much better. The more time you spend on meditation, the more you're going to receive, the more you're going to understand, the more you're going to wake up. If you give it five minutes a day, you'll get something out of that five, 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 five. If you give it an hour or two hours, you're going to get a lot more. Only because you will arise above the mind in a much fuller way and have more of a direct experience in those realms beyond this creation. Five minutes, it just begins to stir you through the mind. For me, I know it takes an hour to an hour and a half for me to get above the mind on most days. And I've got to sit there quite often fighting my mind because it's going, it's not going to work. What are we doing this for? Let's get up. Let's go do something. What a waste of time. Whatever it might be that it goes on. And I just have to sit there and keep focusing back into God, back into God, back into the name building the loving, working on that vibration, and then all of a sudden something snaps and I'm above the mind. And I know it. And when I get there, then everything from there is free and easy and it's wonderful. But I know that I've got to give it the time to get above the mind or else I'm not going to have a real meditation the way I want it. So give yourself an opportunity somewhere in a day to sit and just meditate and see if you don't find that timeline for you. Where is it that all of a sudden something shifts, something changes, that you rise above the mind and you know it, you can feel it, you can see it, you can hear it, and you begin to experience something very, very different. Without all the struggle, without all the pain, without all the disturbance, without all the distraction. I know that if I'll sit long enough, I will receive the grace that is there for me. 
And I know that if I don't sit there long enough, the grace will be there with me, but I may not truly experience it directly to where I can live in it fully. It's harder to take action in your daily life when you're in the struggle of the mind because the mind's ever in reaction. It's ever trying to figure things out. It's ever trying to evaluate situations. It's ever trying to figure out people. But if we can rise above the mind for just a few minutes every day, we can begin to see the difference between the realms of reaction and living in the present moment of action. God is action, and God is in the present moment. And so is the soul. So if we can begin to really live in the soul more often, we will find ourselves living in that present moment and in that place of action to where we can move through life in a very different dynamic and have a very different experience of life. There's greater freedom, greater joy, greater awareness, greater knowing, an understanding of the direction. There's just so much more present in that present moment where God resides in you and you reside in God in that knowing, the knowing of the loving, the knowing of the truth of who you are as soul. There's a place inside all of us where we can speak and know the truth of the words we speak. We can say, I and the Father are one, and we know that to be true. We can get to a place where we don't even have to think it, we just live it. And we can begin to live it more and more every day. And yeah, the world's still going to call on you and things are going to pull on you and you're going to get distracted from that knowing for a moment. But the nice thing is once you know it, once you have lived that truth, that truth is not going to go away and it's not going to change. And all you have to choose back into is that place where that truth resides, where that loving is. And you know how to get there. And that's the difference between you, one who is doing the inner pathway, one who is doing the meditation, and those in the world that do not. That's where Shams is talking about the fact that to them he just has to talk to them about knowledge, about the things of this world. You know, Ryan and I have a running joke that oftentimes if the energy is such that that's what we're going to be doing is just talking about the knowledge and not about the knowing, that I'll just start talking about the weather. But, you know, it's surprising. The people that are really focused on the world and on knowledge, they're comfortable with that. They like, oh, yeah, they'll talk about the weather. They'll just slip right into it, and that's part of the world of knowledge. And it just tells me, okay, that's where the flow of consciousness really is moving. That's where the awareness is. So why not join it? Why not just walk along with them 
in their comfort zone. And if they want to rise up, let them begin the process. Let them take action. Because I have found that it's sometimes rather challenging with people that are really caught up in the mind to go in and be living up here in this higher place of knowing when they are caught up in the mind in the world of knowledge and talking and living in that strata, that space. It's easier for me to come down and join them than it is for me to try to pull them up to where I'm at. Does that make sense? Has anybody here an understanding of that? I bet you if you've got family, a mom and a dad, a brother and a sister, kids, husband, wife that aren't on this pathway, you know what I'm talking about. And it's then for us to learn how to live all these different dimensions, all these different realities and realms, and be able to move fluidly, easily amongst them, not getting caught up in one or the other. That's being multidimensional in your consciousness. And to be able to know where it is that people are at, where it is the world is at, and see how do you want to approach it. That's taking action. You're not in reaction in that moment with them because, oh my God, they're just focused on the world. You're in action because you're, you're deciding whether or not you're going to join in or you know, go off and, and do your life and let them do theirs. You make a choice, and you take action in that choice. They may not understand your action. They may not understand your choice, but that's their process. You're living your life more consciously. That's what this pathway is about, living your life with awareness, taking action and taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. I and the Father are one. That is something to keep reminding yourself because it's so easy to lose sight of that because the world doesn't believe it, the world doesn't know it, and the world certainly doesn't promote it. The world wants you to live in separation. The world wants you to live in distraction of looking away from the source, looking away from the truth, looking away from the, the life that is God, that is you, that is loving, that is your soul. And it's for you to make a different choice and for you to turn around and face once again into that place of knowing, into that place of true experience. So every day, allow yourself some time to just be with the Lord, to be with God, to be with your soul, to be with that place where knowing resides. You know it all. It's there. There's nothing for you to come into, to be educated about. It's just for you to wake up. When Ruby said, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep, he wasn't talking about your physical body and about your physical sleep. He was talking about you, the knower, you, that which is the knowing, 
to wake up to that, let go of the mind, rise above the mind, forget about knowledge, and wake up to the truth that already is you, where the knowing of everything dwells. In my very first talk when I was 18 years old, I told people, I can't tell you anything you don't already know. And I knew that to be true because in spirit, we already know it. It's there. There is nothing I can tell you or teach you that you don't already know. But I did say, but I might be able to help you remember what you have forgotten. Well, that's exactly what Rumi is saying when he says, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. Don't go back into forgetfulness. Don't let yourself slip back down here and live in the world of sleep. Live in the world of forgetfulness. Because the mind will do that. The mind is the tool that separates the soul from itself. When the soul is looking down and out into the world and caught up in the world, the soul is separated from itself. It's not allowed to live in its own knowing, in its own presence. But rather, it is anchored through the mind into this world of the physical, and it loses sight of itself. But meditation reverses that to where you begin to truly wake up and know the truth of who you are. Isn't that what one of the philosophers in Greece had above their door? I don't know if it was Pythagoras or who it was. But in their school of knowledge, they had an inscription, Know thyself. Know thyself. Well, that's the key here. What self are we knowing? What self do we focus in and live from? I think that what they were saying is to know thyself is to know the truth of who we are as soul first, where the true knowledge reside. So whether you call it loving, whether you call it peace, whether you call it God, whether you call it soul, or whatever it might be that you call it, Spend time every day waking up and find the truth of whatever that is inside of you where the knowing reside, not just the knowledge. The knowledge will get you through this world and it can make you a great success in this world, no doubt about it. It gives you the means by which to make a living. It gives you a means by which to make a name. It can give you the means by which to go down in history and be remembered for eons of time in some form or other. But will that knowledge serve you into eternity? I don't think that two times two makes much difference in the soul and beyond. In my experience on the inner levels, they don't talk much about numbers, mathematics, or even history, because there is no such thing as history in soul. There is no past, present, and future. There just is the moment experience, this moment, this present moment, and what is transpiring right now. But down here, we do need all these different elements of education and knowledge in order to 
move through this world and to make this world work for us. I know that in even the simplest terms. When I used to work on a ranch out in Hallettsville, Texas, and they also had a farm, and I would work with some of the handymen on the ranch and the farm, and they were very uneducated. Many of them were migrants, never had education. Some didn't write or read. But they had learned knowledge about animals or about crops. And that's how they made their way in the world, by the knowledge that they gained and were continuing to gain in those areas that made them useful in the world, that gave them meaning and purpose in the world. So knowledge has a lot of different qualities to it. It isn't necessarily going to school, sitting down, reading books, getting degrees. Knowledge is about how this world works and how to work the world. And that's good to have. Don't devalue it. Don't throw it away. Don't say, well, I don't need to do that. I'm just going to do God. I'm going to do knowing. I'm going to do soul. You might actually find yourself walking into a wall here and there just because you forgot that you can't walk through walls in the physical body. But that's what knowledge does. Knowledge gives you the awareness of how to move in the world and how to make the world work for you and you work in the world. So honor the knowledge you have and even get more if you want. But realize that there's something much greater above and beyond you than this world has to offer. Brian and I can give you direction, but you've got to go and find it for yourself. The knowing in you can only be fulfilled and accomplished by your action, by you sitting down and going to meditation every day and focusing up above this world and above the mind and into the truth where the knowing resides. And you live into it. You live into it and bring it into this world as best you can to live it here. No spiritual teacher can do that for you. And believe me, no professor at the university can do that for you either. All right.